It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Today, we are going to look at potential fits, trade fits, that is, for Kyle Kuzma and Tyus Jones, and look at whether we can get a first-round pick for either one of them or both. And then we're going to do a Brooklyn Nets preview to round out the show next on Locked on Wizards. You are Locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon Scott, again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. And we appreciate you guys making Locked on Wizards your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. And tonight's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for our first deposit match up to $100. So tonight, y'all, we are going to look at potential fits for Kyle Kuzma and Tyus Jones. And we're going to look at, can we get a first-round pick for one or maybe both of them? And then we're going to do a preview for Friday night's game against the Brooklyn Nets. So let's slide into it. We're going to start with Kyle Kuzma, Clutch Kuz. So, E, um, question is, can we get a first for Kyle Kuzma first? And then what are the potential fits that you see uh, for Kyle Kuzma? Yeah, I think we can get a first. There was good news from an article from Jake Fisher now. You can't take everything that Jake Fisher says because uh, he's, you know, he's he's a writer for Yahoo. He writes for Bleacher Report, if I'm not mistaken. So um, he 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 has a lot of sources and whatnot. You can't take his word as the gospel. But you know, in the article, he says uh, the four year, ninety million dollar deal that they signed with Kyle Kuzma fridge he is considered quite valuable among rival personnel. Could bring back some legitimate first round draft capital for the rebuilding Wizards. So that's really good news, yeah. man, because a lot of we talked about it before, how a lot of people really did not like them re-signing him and bringing him back. But they're, pl- they're they have a bigger plan. Like their plan is not to just bring him back and pay him. Yeah. They put him, they they gave him a, a good, reasonable deal, which was good for both sides. Four years, four years, 90 million dollars. The deal, the money goes down each year. And that's very valuable to other teams, just like Jake Fisher said. So he's a guy he's played well this year. Has he been inconsistent? Sure, everybody has been on the team, but he's been the best player on the team. Yeah, um, He can get to the basket, he can pass, he can rebound. So he, there's a, so many things he can do and so many ways he can help out a potential contender. He's won a championship before, so he has a championship pedigree. Uh, a lot of playoff teams like the Kings, the Kings, they've been rumored to want Kyle yeah. Kuzma forever. He was supposed to be traded to the Kings, but he ended up getting traded here. And he said that in an interview, he thought he was going to the Kings. So that's a team that is could be a potential suitor. The Mavericks, they're always looking to add guys and add wings. Uh, so I, I think a lot of teams in the West Coast, the Pacers are reportedly looking for uh, a, an athletic wing. Kuzma fits that. Not super athletic, but he can finish above the rim for sure and get to the rim. Sorry, guys, I'm under the weather, so that's why I missed the game last <laughs> night. 
But um, yeah, I, I, I love this article, man, because that's the whole point of a rebuild is trying to get assets. And I know some people actually want Kuzma to stay. Like I remember the tweet that came out a couple weeks ago. It was like, oh, his trade value is going up. He actually responded to the tweet. He was like, dang, y'all want to trade me, bro? And that was after <laughs> the Pistons game where he had yeah. like 30 points and we won. So, But it's just a part of the business. It's a rebuild. It's a new regime. They're trying to get as much draft capital as they can. You know, you didn't get a first for Porzingis. You didn't get a first for Brad. Yeah. So they're trying to get, you know, draft capital with a higher pick. And I know second round picks, they're they're nice and fine, but we really got to get some first round picks. There's some talent coming up in this draft, not just this draft, but the year after. Oh yeah. You know, guys like you know Cooper Flag and whatnot, and um, Boozer's son and some other guys. And then this year, you know, you got Isaiah Collier and some other guys. So. They they need a load up on some draft picks. They got to get some young talent in here. We have a lot of guys who are veterans that are going to be moved, and we got to get some young talent up here and, and start and jump start this rebuild for sure. So I really like this article, and uh, I always thought we could get a first, but I, I always thought it would be like a late first, like the twenty fifth pick or something like that. It yeah. might be able to be maybe hey like a the seventeenth pick or maybe even end up being like a late lottery pick. We'll see. So uh, I think this is good news. Oh, it's definitely good news, man. But here's the thing, you know, as far as front offices, you got to know when to strike the, the stove when it's hot, man. You know, you got to hit those deals when the time's right. You know, it's all about reading the market. It's like the stock market. You know what I'm saying? Um, right now, there's teams are going to be calling for Kyle Kuzma and Tyus Jones. I know we're going to talk about Tyus in a little bit, but um, there's going to be teams going to need a guy to either be that scoring punch you know, be that third or fourth scoring option or come off the bench, you know, he get, definitely can provide that. You know, he's definitely, he has value. Um, Has he been inconsistent? I'm with you, yeah, but he's arguably the best player on the team. Was, you know, Jordan Poole, talent-wise, he's up there, but as far as performance, Kyle Kuzman has been probably the most consistent guy on the team. As of late, he has struggled, but overall, he's had a pretty good season. Uh, So he, I definitely think we can get a first from him. I definitely think we can. Now, Fitz, I think we hit the Fitz. I think the best fit to me is the Sacramento Kings. I think he could definitely fit well with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they're definitely a playoff team that needs a, you know, another scoring option. Um, I could see us maybe getting a young guy. Um, maybe I, 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 it really depicts. I mean, you know, I could see it maybe in an expiring. It's all right. I'll say this. I could see us getting a first round pick, but where are they going to get a young player or an aspiring deal in return? And looking at Sacramento, you know, you're probably looking at Harrison Barnes, maybe an aspiring deal coming off the books for them. Um, maybe a young guy, you know, Davion Mitchell's a guy that I always mentioned, but you know, Dallas, same thing. Dallas is a team that I definitely think is a fit. Indiana, you know, they definitely have shocked a lot of people this year. Tyus Halliburton has taken that leap into all-star territory, and they're definitely looking to make that push for a playoff spot. So I think all three teams are teams that I think we can get a first round pick from and maybe get an expiring deal slash a young player. I don't see both because Kyle Kuzma has value, but I don't think he has enough value to get an inspiring deal first and a young guy. I think you're going to get one of the two. But I think it's definitely plausible. Because like you said, you know, Kyle Cooper's had a good year, man. Um, as of late, I think as of late he has struggled. Now I think a lot of that has to do with injury. Now I get it, the concerns about his shot selection. Uh, he's way too lean. You know, he's too – he relies heavily on that three-point shot. You know, he sometimes – he so he has to learn how to not be so dependent on that three-point shot. And – try to put the ball on the floor and create a little bit more. But um, we know the MO was going forward this offseason. You know, with Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzman, shot attempts, those two were going to take a majority of them. Let's be real. And you're seeing that. If you see the rest of the starting five, you know, Ty tries to get his. 
Um, but Denny, you know, his 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 shot attempts have gone down. Gaff, more of a lob threat. So um, you definitely see the trickle-down effect of the usage rate of Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. But Kyle Kuzma, you know, yeah, I saw that. A lot of people think he's going to stay here long-term. I, come on, man. Everybody knew that the MO going into the season was they, they signed him because it was a team-friendly deal that eventually he was going to be moved. So anybody thinking that Kyle Kuzma is going to be here long-term, man, I hate to tell you, he ain't going to be here as long as you think he is. I mean, you know, the, that's the big point of signing him to that contract because it was a movable contract. And I know that Kuz likes D.C., but let's be real. He's not viewing D.C. as a long-term fit because he's trying to win a championship, and we are a rebuilding team. So anybody thinking that Kyle Kuzma is going to be here long-term, man, I mean, you just you set yourself up for failure. I mean, it just it was never meant to be. Um, you kind of say the same thing about Jordan Poole. I know a lot of us said the same thing about, you know, him maybe being a piece, but look, the team looks at him as a movable asset, and everybody on this team is a movable asset outside of Bilal Kulabali. Now, you can argue that Denny, Corey Kispert, those are a couple pieces that, you know, you should consider being here long-term. You need to sign Denny to an extension, and Kispert, you always need a shooter. You know, he definitely shows with the basketball IQ and his cutting ability, so he's definitely a candidate in my mind to stay here long-term, but everybody's tradable. You know, if the deal is right, you definitely have to strike, man. You know, it's hot stove season. I know it's a baseball term, man, but uh, it's hot stove season, man. You know, right now, a lot of names are being floated around. So if you get that deal, you should they should not be hesitant to move anybody on this roster outside of Bilal. You know, like I said, the Knicks looking at, you know, Gaff, you know, replacing Mitchell Robinson. Um, I know the Shaman has had some eyes on him. You know, the list goes on. Gallo, I think he's a buyout. <laughs> I think he's just he, – I don't yeah. know if he has too much left in the tank, man. But I think a majority of the bets should be and will be tradable assets. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, and this would be the first legitimate first that we get yeah. from the solid three or really only the only one that we get from all of the solid three. Uh, we got one for uh, trading Chris Paul, but that one's like four years from now, and it's a yeah. protected pick. So, you know, maybe this one might be unprotected. We'll see. You look at the Kings. They don't have a lot of picks coming up, though. They uh, 2024, they only have a second-round pick. 2025, they have a first. 2026, they have a first. 2027, they have a first. 2028, they have a first. So after next year, they have a first every year. I got to look at the Pacers and see what their draft picks are. But, of course, the Kings are a playoff team. Pacers are going to be a playoff team. So it's going to be after the lottery most likely. So, But, um, yeah, if we can get a first for Kuz, I think that would be a win for sure. And I would would love for him to stay, of course. But we know how rebuilds go. We know it's a business. Hopefully this rebuild is not like a Detroit Pistons rebuild. Oh Lord. Where they're, <laughs> where they're losing 27 games in a row. We'll see if they finally get a win tonight. They probably won't against the Celtics. But um ain't yeah. no way. Yeah, no way. <laughs> ain't no way, man. But I mean, there's a couple of other factors before we move on to kind of look at, man. I mean, two or uh, one, the next couple of drafts are good drafts. Now I know a lot of people are low on this draft. You know, and there's not a lot of immediate impact players. I get that. But this is a great draft for a rebuilding team because there's a lot of development, you know, talent that can be developed. And I think that, you know, definitely going to this draft trying to grab a couple of players, man. And, of course, Cooper Flag and Carl Booz son next year, man. I mean, you know, with this new front office, they're definitely trying to get – they're prioritizing picks over young guys. You know, they're definitely trying to hit on draft picks. But, two, I mean, look, we know that the eventual move, whether it's to Virginia or even if they stay in the district – you best believe that with the amount of money that they're going to be put into the team and the facilities, they want a contender sooner than later. You know, and then you're realistically looking at three to four years of rebuilding to because that year five, 
you're starting to look at a move, you know, whether it's, you know, Alexandria, Virginia, or whether they end up staying in D.C. Either way, you need a winning product because the amount of money that's going into this organization as far as either A, refurbishing Capital One, or B, building a whole new facility in Virginia, they need people in the seats. And that's why they need to go ahead and clear the books and trade all the assets you can and then start building up because they got to start building next year. You know, we both thought that definitely this was a transitional year. Next year's year one. And I, I, I stand behind that. You know, next year is definitely officially year one of the rebuild. They got to start evaluating and building up young talent. So the, the time is ticking, man. You know, the, the, you know, don't think that they're going to take any time lightly because they have to put a competitive team in year five. So um, we're going to go ahead and move on to Tyus Jones. And can we get a first round pick for Tyus Jones? And where does he fit? But before we do, tonight's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And you're wondering, what is Prize Picks? Well, Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you can pick more or less than two to six players' projections that you have and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made and receptions, you got to take that. Want to play alongside some of the prize picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks communities each week. Prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. That's big, man. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So all you got to do is go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use promo code LockedOn for a first deposit match up to $100. And again, all you have to do is go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the promo code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you, 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So let's slide into Tyus Jones. Now, same scenario, same question. Tyus Jones, what, what are his fits? And do you realistically see us maybe obtaining a first-round pick for Tyus? What do you think? Oh, I think you're on mute, man. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, there was another report that came out. There was a couple of reports about the Wizards. Uh, we were talking about this. Uh, teams that are reportedly interested in uh, Tyus Jones. This is from Jake Weinback, NBA. He's an analyst and writer. Uh, past writer for Behind the Bucks and Hoops, ha- Hoops Habit, featured on ESPN Radio. So I just got to say, you know, his credentials and, you know, just because, you know, there's going to be a lot of rumors coming out yeah, uh, with the trade deadline coming up in a couple months in February. Uh, he said the Magic, Rockets, and Sixers are potential landing spots for point guard Tyus Jones. It appears that the Wizards are looking to stockpile draft picks by offloading veteran talent as they continue its rebuild. Tyus Jones will be a value asset on the market leading up to the deadline. So, Magic, the Magic, the Rockets, and the Sixers are definitely some interesting spots. The Magic, they have so many point guards. We talked about this, yeah. you know, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, uh, Marco Fultz is injured, so he should be coming. I'm not sure when he's coming back, but 
uh, Anthony Black. Uh, they have so many guards. Gary Harris is a two guard, but they they have a gluttony. Cole Anthony, I think I already said his name, but they have a they have a gluttony of, of guards. Yeah, already on the roster. So it's kind of weird to see where Tyus would fit on the roster, but um, I don't I don't see us getting a first round pick for him. But I, I think that that would that I don't see that fit there. I don't see the value uh, for for either side. Honestly, I don't see that. I don't see him going to the Magic. The Rockets is is interesting. They do have Van Vliet. They do have Jalen Green. I know reportedly in the past there was some interest in Jason Jason Tate. Yeah, and they kind of have a log jam in that forward spot, so I can see like Jason Jason Tate in a second round pick for Tyus, uh, something like that. Maybe another play on the Rockets because you know Tari East is playing really well. Um, Jabari Smith is playing really well. They have Amon Thompson. Uh, Cam Whitmore's in the G League. No, they're not going to trade him to us or anything like that. They got Jabari Smith, uh, Dylan Brooks, so they already have a lot of forwards on that team. So I can see them moving on from Jason Tate potentially. That's not really much of an upgrade for us, but just getting off, just trading ties, getting some value, and getting a second round pick. Maybe Jay Sean Tate, two second round picks, something like that. I could see something like that happening. So it's not going to be a sexy trade or a why you type of trade. I think it would be something more than what we got for Monte Morris, just getting a second round pick back because Tyus has played really, really well as, as of late. He's had some really good games. He had the triple double. He has had a couple 20 point games. He's really hit a stride where he started off a little slow and inconsistent, but right now he's look, he looks really, really good out there. and looks like he could really help a playoff team as a backup or potentially as a starter coming in. And then the Sixers, of course, he would, he would be the backup to Tyrese Maxey. They got Melton. So they already have a good amount of guards there too. Um, the Sixers, of course, if we get one of their picks, even if it was a first, I got to see if they even have any first available in the next couple of years. Yeah, But their, their pick would be pretty late. It would be yeah. most yeah. like a second-round pick or something like that. They always lose in the second round, so I can see something like that, especially with Embiid. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think what you're going to get for Tyus is probably a second round pick in a player, or two seconds in a player. I can see something like that. I don't see. I don't see you getting a first, even though he's playing really good basketball. But I don't. I don't think you get a first for Tyus at this point. I agree, but I will say this. I think that this could be a situation. Like I said, it's about reading the market, um, striking, <laughs> striking it when it's hot, man. I think that they play the cards right. They could. I mean, I don't. Th- I think that it's more likely they will get along the lines of what you said. Uh, you know, a second round, a second round pick or two in a young asset or inspiring deal. But here's the thing, you know, playoff teams, you know, they they want to know there's assurance, especially at point guard. Man, point guard is that position that's very very important. It's the quarterback of, of basketball. Man, you know, if you lose your starting point guard, you you have a guy here who can potentially step in and play starting minutes and keep the ship float if you have a major injury at point guard. And I think if you read the market, you probably could get a first-round pick for Tyus because he's proven that he can come in and start. Now, is he a long-term answer for most organizations in this league as far as their, their answer at point guard going forward? Nah, you know, um, he can come in, he can do the job, he can definitely start for you, but he definitely looks like he's a guy who can be that general for the second unit. Looking at Houston, I think that's a fit. I think that, you know, behind Van Fleet, they need a guy who can come in um, – and run the show for the second unit. And because I think Houston, they got a good chance to be a playoff team, and they have a lot of young talent. Um, I don't think they're going to be hesitant to maybe include a first round big because, you know, the way they're playing, it's going to be a late pick, anyways. You know, here's, you know, if you look at a lot of these deals for Kyle Kuzma and Tyus Jones, most of these picks, if not all the picks, are going to be late first round picks because they're all playoff teams looking for the, a scoring boost or an example of Tyus Jones, a guy who, again, in the, in the case of injury, you got a guy who can come in. 
and you don't have major drop off from your starter to your backup point guard. You got a guy who can come in and be a starter. So I think if they hit the market right, find a situation where maybe a guy's hurt or you need some depth, you could possibly get it first. But I'm not saying to expect that. I, I think I'm you know along the lines of what you said, E, um, second round pick and maybe young talent back is probably the most plausible um outcome of a Ty Jones trade. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily a zero that you couldn't get a first because, like I said, the thing about being a GM is, is finding hitting the market at the right time. You know what I mean? Hitting, you know, finding those deals in the market. And I think that, you know, Winger's trying to make those moves. You know, you know Dawkins is trying to make those moves. You know, they're definitely trying to flip everybody, and they're going to find those moves in the market. And I think, you know, looking at Houston, who, who would I want? We are talking about Tate. I think, you know, we've heard his name involved with potential trades for this organization. It feels like for two, three years now. Um, Cam Whitmore, I, I know we were laughing about it, but is it possible? We'll see, man. He's in the G League right now, but I would still ask about him. <laughs> but yeah, it's I worth a try. Yeah, you might, as well, you might as well try. Eamon Thompson, too. Oh, Lord. And I, <laughs> yeah, they ain't giving up Eamon Thompson, man. But I mean, look at Orlando. How many guards do you need? Now, but again, think about it, E. That could be, I, I don't really have a problem with Cole Anthony. I mean, he's not a guy mm. defensively. You know, he's not going to be, he's not a big defender, but he's a change of pace point guard that he's young fits the timeline you know if they get a three-team trade and they try to offload maybe one or two of their guards off the roster and then obtain ties i could see that happening Cole anthony i wouldn't be mad at you know he's young you know he fits the timeline uh markel faults local guy i think he'd do well here um we'll see i don't anthony black can't go nowhere i think he's definitely staying in orlando but i think mm-hmm. you know if they if they play the cards right i think they could possibly try to get it first but um, I think Tyus and, and Kyle Kuzma, man, they are the part of best two options again. The first round pick, and because after that is a drop off, you know, Shaman, I don't see he's a candidate for that. Like I said, Gallo, I think he's going to end up being bought out. Um, Delon, it remains to be seen, he's kind of ramping up because he just came back from injury. So we'll see how the next three to four weeks do for Delon and his value, but uh, we'll see. I think they are the two best options for us getting picks in return, but I think that just offloading all these veterans and Finally, giving a lot of playing time to the young guys after the deadline is the biggest win out of this, you know, because we could finally start giving minutes. We'll see Johnny Davis, man. We'll see if he ends up getting minutes after the deadline, man. I mean, right now, I don't think so. I don't think he's part of the vision going forward. But, you know, getting back to Ty Jones and Kyle Kuzma, they're our best bet right now. They're our best bet getting additional picks. So, Yeah, and looking at the Magic, they have uh, Jonathan Isaac, but, you know, because the Wizards need a big, but he's yeah. just – so injury prone, so I wouldn't take a chance on him. Uh, look at the Sixers; they have Paul Reed. That's another big man behind Embiid, but he's so valuable to them because they don't have any backup bigs to uh, Embiid really at all. Yeah. Um, Obama too, and they just they just signed Kenneth Lofton, who was waived. So I mean, the Wizards could have just signed him anyway. Ah, oh, available. Um, so th- those are some of the guys that they got. They got. Uh, Jaden Springer, so I, I wouldn't trade for him. But I would take a look at, at Mo Bamba and Paul Reed, but I don't think they're going to give up. I don't think they're going to trade any of those guys. And um, I do like Terquavion Ter- Smith. He's a young uh, rookie for the uh, for the Sixers as well. Um, and they do they do have a couple first round picks coming up. But I, I think Tyus, you you may you may get a late first, and that that's really it, honestly. But the and then the other teams, the Rockets. Uh, looking at the Rockets, they do have a couple of first round picks. 2024, their first round pick is not protected at all. So if they if the Wizards can get somebody, if the if the Rockets really make a deep playoff run and it's a late pick, I would take it. If it's like a, even the 25th pick or something like that, I, I wouldn't mind it at all. 
Yeah, I'm with you, man. I definitely think that there's a chance. So uh, we're going to get into a Brooklyn Nets preview for tomorrow night. But before we do, it's going to holler at us about FanDuel tonight. Yes, sir. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Uh, definitely want to take a money line bet on the Commanders game this weekend. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. So if you want to take that money line bet just to get some free bets, take the Niners this weekend over the Commanders. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I would definitely do that. You know, that would be an easy money line bet right there. Yeah, that's going to be a heck of a game, man. Not for the Commanders, but – um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely take the money line bet on the 49ers this Sunday at FedEx. Uh, so we're going to get into the preview for the Brooklyn Nets game on Friday night. So I guess instead of keys to victory, we look at keys to development. <laughs> That's our MO this year. Um, so what, what, what are some keys to development that you see for Friday night against the Nets? Yes, the Nets, uh, they have a deep team. And, uh, you know, they got Macau Bridges. They got some guys that. Um, or have long wingspans like Cameron Johnson and uh, Nicholas Claxton. Uh, of course, they got Dinwiddie, and uh, we know the rivalry between Kuz and Dinwiddie. We'll see if Kuz plays uh, tomorrow night. I think Kuz should sit, honestly, and get some rest. Uh, we did lose uh, both games against the uh, Nets. Now, a big matchup really for development is I would I would take a look at Gafford again. Gafford's been playing yeah. really well as of late. He's played a lot better. But at the same time, you know, last time he played Claxton, last time he played Dayron Sharp off the bench, uh, they kind of got the better of them. Both of them had double-digit boards, which is unacceptable. There should not be two bigs in one game. Like, the backup bigs should not come in and put up a double-double. The starting big, I mean, the starting, you know, center, if he gets a double-double, sure, you know, that's that's normal. But the starting center and the backup center getting double-doubles is just inexcusable. So I'm not going to say that's all Gaffer's fault, but at the same time, I do think, you know, he can definitely uh, provide some more resistance there. And I think he's been doing that lately. He's been, you know, rebounding well and uh, playing with more physicality and just finishing above the rim like he always does. So that's a big thing for me. Uh, looking at some of the numbers, total rebound, and the Nets are third in total rebounds. They rebound the ball very well. Like, all, all their guys rebound. Macau Bridges rebounds. Um, Finney Smith, he's a good rebounder. Royce O'Neal, he's a good rebounder. So it's not just the big men rebounding. Like, the guards, they go out there and rebound the ball well, too. So everybody's got to be physical and rebound. We're one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. So that's just a simple way to look at it. Uh, the Nets shoot the three ball well as well. Three-point percentage, there's six in three-point. So we got to defend the three-point line. Bilal, Denny, we need, their, we need them to, uh, you know, show up defensively and get some stops. Defend the three-point line. And, uh, you know, just rebound. That's a, that's a huge thing right there uh, overall for the team. They're, uh, the Nets are 10th in blocks. They don't steal the ball out there. 30th in still. 63% percentage. Talked about that. And uh, offensive rebounds, they're fifth as well. So they get a lot of rebounds. So that's going to be a huge thing, man. If they dominate us on the boards like they did in the last two games, then it could get ugly like it did against the Raptors the other night. But we played them really close the first game. So uh, keys for development. Blau, be aggressive. Look for a shot. Can we get can we get him the ball in some um some some advantageous spots like coming off some screens, yeah, uh, running some plays for him offensively. Let him bring the ball up after he gets a rebound. Uh, the Nets they play a slow game. They, they're twentieth in pace because of Dinwiddie, so they play a slow game. They're not trying to run the floor. So 
If we make Dinwiddie run and make them run, then maybe we can go as well early. I'm not saying we're going to win anything like that, but we can be competitive. So I'm looking at Bilal. I'm looking at Denny. Denny had a better shooting game, 12 points against the Raptors. I want to see more consistency from him. Better rerouter from Gaff and more consistency from Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole has put some good games together, too. Same thing with Tyus. So those are the things I'm really looking at. Yeah, I agree on all points, man. Uh, Looking at the paint, they've got to control the paint early. You know, the matchup versus Nicholas uh, Claxton is definitely a matchup I'm looking for with Gaff. And I know right now he's day-to-day, but looks like he's ramping up the play. Uh, so I definitely want to say, see him win the Battle of the Boards versus Nicholas Claxton. Like I said, Gaff looks like he's gained about a little bit of muscle, man. You know, at least five pounds of muscle. He's trying to get in there and start messing around with these, these uh, more athletic and bigger bigs, man. So I think that if you look at Claxton, he's more of a tweener. Uh, I think it's a favorable matchup, but he, he's got to control the Battle of the Boards. He has to. And obviously, it's not just on Gaff. It has to be a team effort. But he's that one guy we look at that we expect him to average a double-double. So I definitely want to see him eat against Claxton. Um, Cam Thomas, man, scoring guard, but not a guy who's going to really stop anybody, kind of like Jordan Poole. I think this is a game where Jordan Poole can kind of go off. I think he can definitely definitely get a 25, 30-point game. I think this is a good matchup for him. Um, the bench, I'm with you. I, I want to see Bilal and Kispert eat off the bench. I want to see Kisper, you know, definitely hitting those jumpers, man. But Bilal, I want to see a, a lot more aggression for him, especially driving the lane, man. Um, but, yeah, they definitely have to put him in a position to succeed. You know, definitely, you know, I'm not saying play a bunch of uh, young plays for him, man, but definitely try to get him more involved in the offense. You know, he shouldn't be an afterthought in the offense. we got to see, you know, what he can do offensively. So I want to see him get more aggressive, you know, especially downhill, try to draw some fouls. Uh, same thing, Kiss, you know, I, I want to see Kiss get very, you know, very aggressive with on the perimeter. Um, Denny. Again, I want to see him a lot more aggressive, you know, especially, you know, driving the lane, try to draw him a lot more fouls, man. Uh, he's got to work on his finishing. Um, I feel like he has regressed a little bit offensively. I will say that. Um, I do have hope that he can get better offensively this year. Um, like I said, he the confidence with the shot is there, but he has regressed a little bit. You know, as far as finishing, you know, he's got to get better with finishing, especially through traffic and through contact. But so I want to see him a lot more aggressive. But, yeah, like you said, this is a good rebounding team. Um, Tyus Jones, the matchup with Spencer Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie, as much as I dislike the guy, um, he is a bigger point guard. You know, he's a guy who's definitely going to give him some fits at point guard. You know, Dinwiddie is a a, a point guard with, a, with some size, man. Um, you know, Cam Thomas, again, um, he's a scoring guard. Mikhail Bridges is going to be a booger at, at, at wing, man, for Denny. It's gonna be it's gonna be intriguing to see their matchup, man, because they're kind of similar. You know, Mikel Bridges' three point shot is obviously a lot more consistent, a lot better than Denny at this at this stage of his career. But you know, that's gonna be an intriguing defensive matchup. So, um, like I said, I'm not saying we're gonna win, but I think the biggest thing I'm looking for in this game is effort. You know, we have not seen like good effort on a consistent basis. You know, you'll see games where we're close, we keep it close, we're playing hard, and then the next game, like the last game against the Raptors. It's like they put their head down. They've already checked out. So, you know, culture. We say it every episode. We've heard it from the organization as far as from West SL Jr., from the front office, even from ownership, trying to build a culture for the foundation of this team going forward in the rebuild. Culture is playing hard. You know, don't take games off, man. You know, for the veterans who are trying to get moved elsewhere, show some effort, man. They're going to give you what you want. <laughs> Let's give them some time. Mm-hmm. Like, we're about to go into January. Look, the trade deadline's in, what, the first week or so of February? So, I mean, look, the deadline is on its way. We're looking at, mm-hmm. you know, probably 40 days, um, you know, 40-some days till the deadline. So it is definitely on its way here. So play hard, man. Um, 
because I stressed it last episode, man. Look, people take time and money to go watch these games, man. Don't check out. You know, you got people that are still trying to show support, even though we've only won five games. There's a lot of loyalty here. You know, man, show the loyalty back. Play hard. You know, mm. people are spending their like the economy ain't looking too good, man. People hurt right now. You know, people are just spending their money on tickets, man. You know, mm. when you don't play hard, what's that to tell people? You know, it gives the wrong message, man. So um, that's where I'm at. I'm gonna see some effort, and I think that we play them hard. Who knows? You mm. know, I hate to use a football term, but any given Sunday, but look, any game, man. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, we can go ahead and roll from there, man. Um, before we roll, you had anything else you want to cover real quickly? No, yeah, the Nets, they're not a good defensive team either. Uh, Nicholas Claxton most likely will not be playing. I just looked at their last okay. game. He didn't play. Uh, a lot of their guys didn't play. There was some talk about uh, they, they, they like, sat a lot of guys. Like, look, it was kind of weird. Like, a lot of their minutes were um, very, very limited. Like, Mikael Bridges, he only played 12 minutes last game. O'Neal only played 10 minutes. Sharp played 16. And the Cam Thomas only played 12 minutes. So I don't know what they were – I guess low management last game. I don't think they're going to do that tomorrow. I think they're going to play their full, um, you know, minute potential. Uh, but they're they're not a good defensive team either. They gave 144 to the Bucks. So this this could be a high scoring game. It certainly could be. They gave 144 to the Bucks, uh, 126 to the Pistons, 122. I mean 115 to the Pistons, 122 to the Nuggets, 121 to the Knicks, 125 to the Jazz, 124 to the Warriors and Nuggets, 124 points. So they give up a lot of points. But to your point, to finish off, yeah, I mean. You know, I know they had a back-to-back, so I know guys could be sluggish last night against the Raptors. I'm not making any excuses for the guys, but, yeah, some of the guys, they do they, – they did look like they, they were giving maximum effort. So they got they got to bring it tomorrow night uh, against the Nets. You know, that's what I want to see effort. Even if it's a loss, at least, you know, dive on the floor for a loose basketball, you know, rebound, be physical out there, run the floor. So those are the things we're looking for. Absolutely. So, again, Friday night at 7 o'clock. The Wizards are hosting the Brooklyn Nets at Capital One, so definitely tune in show your support. If you're going to the game, definitely show your support. Get loud. Let's try to get this dub and the 202. Um, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you, 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel uh wherever you get podcast definitely a five-star review is much appreciated if we deserve it um on the youtube side definitely uh like subscribe comment below let us know what you guys think what is the best fit for both of these guys and do you think we can get a first round pick for kyle kuzma and or tyus jones and if you're not a member of locked on wizards definitely consider man we got a lot of good content coming your way and we're gonna chop it up with you guys like we always do so i hope everybody has a blessed weekend now the recap for the next game will be saturday night as opposed to friday night you know how we do so saturday night man around what you say e uh eight o'clock probably around that time Yes, sir. Got you. So, <laughs> like, man, Saturday night, definitely tune in, man, and chop it up with us, man. We're going to do a recap of Friday night's game of the Brooklyn Nets. So, again, hope everybody has a blessed weekend. We will see you Saturday. Hail to the Wizards, and peace. See you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.